You're listening to RLCF Retrospective. This episode starts off a series we'll do of interviews with residents from the 2021 North Louisiana Virtual Residency. The release of these episodes coincides with the two-month exhibition of the works they completed from the residency. Produced in partnership with the North Central Louisiana Arts Council, RLCF is proud to have been able to provide an opportunity for artists to engage and collaborate with each other to produce new artworks. You can find more information about the residency and view the exhibition at nicklackgallery.org from February 1st through March 26th, 2022. In today's episode, I interview Sarah Wynn, Mamie Takahashi, and Eden Rodfar, who together make up the SEM Collective. Sarah is a multimedia artist in Columbia, Missouri. Mamie is a multidisciplinary artist in Portland, Oregon. And Eden is a multimedia artist in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So if, if I could have each of y'all first just introduce yourselves. Um, so your name, where you're from, and like the kind of art you do in, in kind of like a brief, brief way. Oh boy. Hi, <laughs> my name is Sarah Wynn and I'm a multimedia artist. I, I guess I'm from Missouri. <laughs> I, I, I reside in Missouri. I don't feel like I'm from Missouri, but this is where I live. And um, what else am I supposed to say? Hmm. Yeah, I think that ties it up. So <laughs> you said you're multimedia. You can explain that a little bit more. Um, okay. Yeah, that's good. So uh, I work with a variety of mediums. Um, I do consider myself mostly a, a paper artist because that is a medium I always come back to. Um, but... And I'm very comfortable with that medium. And I tend to do quite a bit of work in that, but I have done pretty much every medium that I can think of um, that's out there. So it really is more about what the project might call for in terms of mediums. Um, so I was educated um, at Rhode Island School of Design. And I, I got a degree in illustration there. And then um, I went to the University of the Arts in Philadelphia and got my MFA in painting and studio arts. Um, so, and I've been doing, I think I've been a working artist for over 20 years, but I haven't really considered myself a professional fine artist, if you will. Um, until after I got my MFA, which was in 2012. So that nine years, what year is it? It's like, <laughs> so, um, so I, I, you know, I don't consider myself sort of a beginning emerging artist, but I, I don't feel like I'm a mid-career artist yet, just because I feel like I'm still pushing my way out into this um, other world of, of art making. I, I tend to work in series. So um, for the past couple of years, I've been working on a number of uh, large hand paper cut um, series that deal with, um, it always starts with somewhat of a story or a narrative, but these have particularly been dealing with stories about women. So women in literature, um, women authors, 
um, women who have been named in the Old Testament um, and family history stories that, that particularly deal with uh, women. Um, and what I look for in these stories are sort of the unknowns. Uh, for instance, women named in the Old Testament, I'm not looking at it as a religious focus. It's more of just a narrative story. And I wanna know who these women were other than who they, you know, begotted um, <laughs> or begat. Um, so it's, I, I look for the symbols that may be behind them and sort of the myths and folklore around surrounding these women um, and their legacy. And the same with women in literature, um, Sylvia Plath's poems I've looked at and looked at sort of the symbols that surround those poems or Flannery O'Connor, Toni Morrison, um, and sort of, and I, I try to bring out symbols and images from the work and imbue it into the work itself. Um, so much of the work shows basically like flora and fauna and sort of universal symbols that we can all relate to um, that, that crosses over language or culture or those kind of barriers. And um, the work of art itself are very large um, paper scrolls that usually are suspended from the ceiling and have lights directed at them. So the shadows behind them have a theatrical feel. So often you find that you're looking at it in one way, it's sort of like seeing a veil and then you go to the side and you completely see it and understand it in another way. The shadows are the storytellers. Um, and so that's, that's pretty typical of what I've been working on for the past couple of years. So uh, my name is Mamie Takahashi. I'm originally from Tokyo, Japan. I moved here 11 years ago, I guess. And then um, so far living in Portland, but it's a part-time living in a resident at the Chicago too. So like I'm back and forth um, often, quite often um, between uh, Portland, Oregon and Chicago. Same as like Sarah, I'm a multidisciplinary. My current main plot in the media I use is probably more community participatory performance and practice that end result will be like photographs and videos and audio recordings. But my um, BFA in Japan was in actually traditional Japanese painting. So I have a huge painting, like traditional painting background. But when I moved here, I what I really wanted is more like my art to engage with community or social political issues. So that, that's, I chose contemporary art practice as my MFA. So during the program after it's been so, yes, 2013 was my year of graduated. So like, you know, similar to Sarah. So it's like um, video, digital video, photograph, performance, urban interventions, and poetry practice in English, which is very tricky uh, to make in poems in foreign language for me. 
but I kind of use that as way of creative method that how I see English as a different way than the most of like native English speakers. So I can use that awkwardness or struggle to create set of language poems. But normally poems um, present as a visual practice or sound project. It's not just straightforward written format. Um, so like uh, I do a lot of different practice and sometimes going back to painting very occasionally, book art, just a started book art. Um, yeah, but uh, what, what I, how I choose the uh, medium or practice is based on the what I, my project will be. Current project is about immigration and also it's touching to our immigrant women, you know, so women's experiencing as an immigrant or just that women can be. So like it's multi-layers of complexity of societies and I'm touching on, you know, different section as an individual, like everybody, like, you know, gender, sexual orientation, that's all intervene with um, complexity of the being, you know, human being. So I choose the medium based on what I <laughs> like to say. Now I have uh, two works that are recently done and it very, looks very different. One is performance, collaborative performance piece I made in uh, Georgia um, that during another residency. So like um, the, my, one of the, my performance pieces, like I made a dorm, a personal dorm, like capsule look dorm-like things, but it's by two-way mirror film. So the person inside can see you know, people outside, but from outside people is you know, kind of see, but not really seeing it, like a privacy mirror film. So that was, um, I brought the material to create three total, three personal cups, you know, capsule domes, and ask other artists at the residency to you know, wear that and then like be outside and then we talk, we had like a mic that's talking about what's your own experience or what you're thinking about US immigration. So we had a recording conversation while I had the capsule. That was kind of pilot, uh, pilot program because I always using myself, just one capsule myself, dorm myself to going in the town and then just photographer took my, myself to do so. But this was the first time too I had a collaborators to do. So like two or three of us, weird, weird things happening. And I tested what I need, you know, what didn't work, you know, kind of like a test, but it went pretty well. And then like it's, I don't know how my brain works, but then um, that was December and in January I went to a different residency program that is, uh, for um, letterpress residency, and I had no idea what the letterpress means to. So I made an artist book. Um, um, like this one. And then like also kind of like uh, using old Japanese painting that I carried from Japan and then kind of typed on my um, poems. 
and then like a layout different way. And then, so this side is like more like my history or Japanese traditional things that I thought I kind of left behind in a way. And then this side was, um, I use um, like a, a, a transparency barum, blue barum sheet, and then um, it had a letterpress poems of mine. But this side is more like a Western, you know, the barum side is Western kind of, and this side is more Japanese side. But then somehow this is connected to my, the, the dorm piece, but I don't, it's kind of like, yes, in that way, it's my identity myself, but I'm kind of like a distorted myself in the way and a present different way. So I see kind of connection, but uh, how to, uh, how, how can I articulate it? I may need help by Sarah and Eden. <laughs> so that's what, that's the two recent things I did for before coming to this residency. Yeah, so yeah, my name is Eden Rodfar. I also am a very multimedia artist, um, which lately um, very often looks like uh, installations that use sculpture um, and performance and audio, um, and usually some video as well, um, as well as sometimes interactive electronic art as well. Uh, my background is in theater and film, and I feel like a lot of what I'm doing these days in my contemporary fine art practice um, is sort of taking what might happen on a stage or a screen uh, and sort of abstracting it and bringing it out into 3D space so that it's something that the participant actually goes through. Um, and I usually create um, sort of abstracted, dreamlike, somewhat symbolic, mythic spaces um, uh, that use sort of um, a lot of texture and layering um, and sort of suggestions of narrative, but not really explicit narrative. Um, and I tend to be like, I tend to be interested in really big questions about like life and how we're all connected and um, you know, what are these connections and these systems that we're part of mean? Um, but in terms of how it comes out in my work, it's usually kind of like sideways and like making suggestions or associations, um, um, kind of approaching it in a sort of dreamlike way um, of exploring those subjects. Um, so yeah, and uh, yeah, I just uh, got uh, my Master of Fine Arts from University of New Mexico in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. That was really fun, but I did it. And I had my thesis show last year. So I had a really large gallery space that I, that I filled. Um, probably about 20 people actually saw the show in person because we were pretty much still in lockdown. Um, but I had really, um, really nice conversations with, with everybody who came to see the show. So that part was really nice. Um, and it was called We Breathed Underwater. And um, it's sort of a very 
underwater kind of experience. I built a really large, about nine foot diameter dome um, uh, with PVC and wire and paper mache. Um, and people can go, go underneath and go into the dome and hear a soundtrack that has about at least 50 different tracks of uh, some of it is field recordings that I've done um, or my voice distorted or um, a lot of undersea sounds, of course, uh, glacial melting and, um, and, um, and like um, deep sea creatures that some of them sound really weird, uh, industrial noises under sound and like NASA sonifications um, of like celestial vibrations. Um, and then uh, sort of the other central work of, of that was uh, a fountain that has a bunch of ceramic shells, it's called palpable. Um, and it has ceramic shells with silicone bodies. Um, and when you touch them, they, they make sounds, which I also created. Um, so that's a very, so I had a touch interactive piece in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> um, um, but uh, yeah, that one's really fine. It puts it slimy. So it has this really tactile and, uh, sort of visual and somewhat smell experience as well. Um, so yeah, that, that is, that was my uh, most recent sort of presented work. And then I have lots of other like little works in progress. So I'm just a sort of exploring next steps and really um, enjoying the connections I'm making through this uh, residency. Awesome. And so speaking of the residents here, so y'all, um, broke the mold a little bit and paired up as, as a three group instead of two. Um, can you tell me about how you uh, decided to, to become a group, um, you know, maybe based on some of your background, since all of you, you know, have, have works in multimedia um, practices and, and whatnot. And so kind of explain that a little bit. I can start this way. The, one of the optional Saturday meeting, like a mini presentation day, so only three of, three of us showed up. And then we, you know, Eden gave us a presentation. And then while we were just talking, not, you know, different things or like arts too. And, and then we feeling like connected in the way, you know, it kind of intimate feelings that, and then also I think that's happened to be like, a, you know, each of us, are interested in taking risks. Like we like this residency to experience that pushing us to a different like, um, things that we normally don't do ourselves, like you know, pushing to you know, experimentations and stuff like that. So we happen to be have that kind of interest. So then we started, let's do some like project together. So that's right. Yeah, yeah, I think Mamie had this idea for an audio project that she floated that I think you had been thinking about for a while that needed more than two people right. to do it. 
um, of doing this audio journal project. So, and, and you guys were already planning to work together and I was already talking with my other partner. Um, but we were just, well, this sounds like a really cool project. Let's just do it. Um, and then sort of a few days later, we're like, well, this feels like it's clicking. Let's just go with it. Yeah, so like the little bit follow up the audio project is I'm always interested in like time. Like so like in Japan, we don't have a time zone. We only use one time for entire country. And when I move here, suddenly like, you know, East Standard Time, like Pacific Standard Time for me, like, how, 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 you know? And like my 11 is not same as Sarah's 11 a.m. and Eden's 11 a.m. for me like, wow, but we call it 11 a.m. So like they're thinking about the human made understanding of time, you know, the calendar is what the human made or time zone and the thinking about that. And I thought it's very um, interested in doing it as like exact same time of us, but it's not actually same time in the na nature way, right? Natural way. And they're thinking about time and just one minute commitment, three days a week to record whatever we like is a low, low pressure in the way. But I was, of course, because one of my art practice has been influenced by Onkawara, the very conceptual artist um, in 1670s. So he his deal with um, the time. So <laughs> that's kind of like I had it in my mind, of course. But you know, you guys are you know doing. I love the Sarah's ex, you know like a story about swing dance. Um, yeah. So there's we we have been doing this project. Is it this our third week now I of doing so. it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, and, and I've been listening to the, the audio, uh, you know, that, that we've done, and it is really interesting. Um, I thought, you know, oh, my, what I'm recording is very mundane, you know, I'm chopping vegetables and I'm recording it, or uh, there was one um, recording that I did where it was right at 11, and my husband turned on swing music and started dancing with me in the kitchen, which was a disaster, but I recorded it. And, um, you know, just for that minute. And then uh, I listened to Mamie's uh, recording of the same time and she was reading about uh, the bombing of Nagasaki that, that happened you know, it, she was, it was a memorial kind of read for that day that it took place. And I thought, this is such a abrupt contrast of, you know, me, I don't think you hear me falling, but you, you know, hear me do sort of swing dancing in the kitchen. And then this, this reading, you know, and, and um, that in itself can be really interesting, or even just uh, you know, the, the recording of um, Eden talking in, in German about the pandemic, <laughs> you know, with, with the sound of, I took a walk and there were frogs spawning, you know, so that kind of contrast or combination of, of what we are going through. Uh, this one minute journal, I think is pretty interesting and, and pretty profound. Um, 
And it's those kind of ideas that are simple, you know, the simple ones, but kind of always work really well. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited about this piece, um, you know, and, and to take part in it. Again, you know, even though I have made a point of saying, okay, I, there was one point where I read something because I was reading it, but I made a point of, I'm only going to record what I'm doing. And I think, oh, geez, what I'm doing is just not that interesting. <laughs> but the contrast really creates um, this whole world, you know, or the dialogue that these pieces have create a really interesting world together. So, yeah. Um, one reason, you know, why I wanted to do this residency and what was really exciting about it for me was the idea of collaborating with people I didn't know. I feel like in, in my practice, um, I've reached a point of knowing, like I, I kind of know how I work. I know how, to, how I'm making things and I'm being asked to make these, make these things, you know, and my questions aren't, I don't really have questions anymore. I might have questions about like content or size or maybe what, you know, color, but they're not like fun, exciting questions anymore. <laughs> and um, pairing up with Mamie and Eden made it so I don't know. I have a lot of questions now. Um, it's so exciting to have problems to solve, you know, and that's what we do as makers. We, we create problems for us to solve. So, um, so to like push into a new medium I haven't dealt with before, which is sound, you know, audio recording um, or maybe visual or performance. I don't know, you know, and I don't know what, what we might be doing there, but, you know, it's so exciting to have these new kind of questions. So it, um, I feel like this is what this residency has really given me and as well as, you know, making it feel like I'm part of the world a little bit in a very closed off quarantine world that we're in. Um, but yeah, so that's um, just from the organizer side, that's great to hear because, you know, the, the residency, we, we, we created this model as a response to the pandemic. Um, when we saw what the artists in Ruston um, how it was impacting them. Um, so it's incredible to hear, you know, that response because uh, it's, it's meeting kind of the mission we gave it. Um, and so, so with y'all's collaboration, um, so you've talked about this, this audio journal that you're um, co-creating at the same time, but in different time zones, right? Um, so is that the entirety of the project or is there, is there more to it? There's more. <laughs> yeah. So part of what, what Sarah, Sarah started to refer to, like, oh, I don't know what Eden's going to give us. Um, so the, what she's referring to is a sort of structure that we've set up for ourselves, where each of us is kind of giving us all an assignment that kind of comes out of our practice as a way of like trying on each other's practices as a way to mix things up and take risks and support each other in risk-taking and experimenting. Um, so that's sort of the main framework that we're working on right now. So, um, so Mamie has given us an assignment that she can talk about in a second that we've been working on for about three weeks now. And then next weekend, I'm going to, I'm going to bring some kind of prompt, or assignment for everybody to do this weekend. 
Um, and then after three weeks, Sarah will do the same. So we're going to have this period of just really digging into the experimentation and trying new things and, and taking risks. And then um, from there, sort of see what arises from that, that play and research and experimentation and making um, and sort of discover like, is what we've done already the work or do we have more work that we build from this? Um, do we keep doing more of the same? So that's, that's, that's what we're looking forward to discovering. So, yeah, but the first, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say that the first thing we've been working on is um, is uh, trying on Mimi's translation practice, which has been really interesting. Yeah, <clears throat> that is, you know, Sarah was uh, when I talked to Sarah about what I have done before. Sarah was excited and let's do this, let's do this for me. Uh, sure. <laughs> and then so what um what is it like we use um English text, you know, original English text, which we chose as artist statement. So our artist statement is starting point and then translate to using Google translations, like a you know, software and back and forth, Japanese and the English. I did this myself using my old journal diary in Japanese to translate Yahoo and the Google translations several years ago to give me a set of language, English language that I can make poem from that. So what I was looking for at the time is I didn't know what I was looking for, but I was kind of looking for some interesting vocabularies or a combination of the words that not many native English users can come out. Like for example, a little glitter, and like a little bit glitter, but what's a little bit glitter means? Like the kind of weird combination, but grammatically fine for that, you know? So something like that. <clears throat> and then, yeah, but for this project, we found out the Google has been very improved <laughs> program since then. So we couldn't find much interesting like uh, distortions in the translation. So we, what we end up doing is I, so like they can't read Japanese, but I can. So they gave me a, a Japanese text. So I cho chose the Japanese translation, which is much more messed up than the English translation. So I chose that and then direct translation by myself to give them back for two sentences. Also, I asked them to choose one sentence from my Japanese writing, which I was questioned, do they understand which is break of a sentence? You know, what's the each sentence look like? But so they have to choose look like one sentence and they gave me back and they used that as a, you know, translation translated and they use as like a set of language. So now we have a set of English language from this distortions or what they were called uh, process to create our own, can be like poem, can be using as a style of visual art, you know? So many different way we can take you off from that. But of course, I, you know, I'm kind of also like, wonder what's other 
twos, Edens and Sarahs, because we're supposed to poking our weakness. <laughs> you know, like we we should push us to experimenting. So like um, you know, I think Eden is thinking already something to give us <laughs> next. So you know, so yeah. I actually don't know what I'm going to give you yet, but I've been really enjoying um, digging into playing with the translations. So first, uh, since I'm, I'm studying German, um, which is coming into the audio diaries because I'm doing um, a language like conversation exchange with one of the residents from a previous residency that I was in. Um, so I'm like, oh, well, let's see if I translate it to German and then to Japanese and back to English, what does that do to it? Um, and it occurred to me also that, I mean, the re part of the reason I'm studying German is, um, is because it's an ancestral language of, of mine. Like, um, and so I was thinking about, well, what other ancestral languages do I have? Um, and uh, one of them is Hungarian. So I tried the same process with Hungarian. Um, and it was actually really fun. I, I pushed the where, where Google will read it out loud for you. <laughs> that was fun to listen to. Um, I recorded that. Um, and then um, and then I'm also thinking about, um, you know, my, my husband is Persian. That's his language. So I ran it through Persian as well. And then I thought about, well, what's the indigenous language where I live? And that, that gets really interesting because I live on unceded Tiwa land. Um, and that you can't find on Google Translate. So I was digging, there is some translation, but it's like what's available is really limited. So I was playing with like boiling down the words in my artist statement to like things, but they like sort of very loosely translate. So it's getting more and more abstracted as I kind of go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> One thing that's really interesting about this process is we have been very diligent about documenting what we're doing. So we have a Google fol folder and within that folder are a number of different folders that show our process. So it shows our original artist statement and then the Japanese translation and then the English translation and then the various translations. And um, I've been able to go in and look at um, Eden's uh, text, how she's playing around the text and how it changes from day to day or week to week and the different steps because she's just been very good about documenting what she's been doing, which allows me to have ideas of how to approach this. This is a challenge for me completely because I, um, language is, you know, it's hard <laughs> for, for someone who they, I consider myself a visual artist and I also live with a writer. So I feel like I'm always being judged. <laughs> it's an English professor. <laughs> so it's one of those things. I'm like, that's you, you do that and I'll do this. And, you know, but for me to enter into this, this sphere of playing with language, it's very exciting, but also difficult. And so looking at how Mamie has approached her work and how Eden is approaching this work allows me to have some insight and support in my own approach, which at first was all visual. I just made an artist book. I was like, here we go. 
I will take these as instructions as to what I should do. I don't, I'm not going to mess with words here, but this week I've been really playing with words, but with the support um, of these two artists and watching their process, which we never really have with other artists. I mean, even in school, like you may see someone and how they kind of work, but like you don't really get that. So through this collaboration, I've really been able to delve into how do you go about approaching something uh, that might be very conceptual um, and a medium that I'm not comfortable in and how would I go about? And so I'm learning so much. I mean, I'm really learning about how do I work with language as an art form? Um, and maybe, you know, working with English as an art form is incredible. I think it's, it's so brave. <laughs> I don't do it. <laughs> I don't do it at all, <laughs> you know? So that, that bravery is exciting to me, you know? And that's why I was really excited about it. I thought to do a translation project in English is, is really kind of amazing to do something like that as an English speaker. And that is essentially what we're doing. Um, I, we thought of using these artist statements as sort of like self-portraits or portrait of the artist, you know? This is the first thing you read about an artist, their artist statement. It's the first thing you sort of like, and it's all floral or polished or that kind of thing. This is breaking it down into like really who we are. There is one translation where it was a list. And this was from my own artist statement and this was from the Japanese. And it was like, it repeated 10 times and it was to do, 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 to do. And I thought, that's really what I am. I am a to-do person. I, I will do this. That is, that is who I am. This has really gotten to my soul, <laughs> you know, just those simple words. So it has really opened up um, a whole form and medium uh, that, again, I, I would have not had this experience, you know? So yeah, I, I was really excited and terrified. <laughs> Yeah, so, I've also I've found it really interesting how the distortions reveal reveal things, but I think it, it's also I, I love how Sarah's like, oh, I just did an artist book. <laughs> Mimi and I are like, you just whipped that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so much easier than writing, though. Like, I'm looking at what you guys are doing, and you're like, I can't do it. <laughs> I just can't do it. Well, I think that's that's incredible that especially y'all being able to, to see the process and physically explore the process of each, that each other goes through with your arts. I think that's really cool. Idea. And so it makes me wonder if, you know, so y'all don't exactly know what your, your final piece looks like, but um, with, with the show, we, we know, we know the show is going to be hundred percent virtual. So, so have y'all thought any about communicating or, or, being able to leverage the virtual nature of it to to give new experiences to to the audience, um, like how you're getting this this new experience with the virtual setup. I think we've talked about needing to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about needing, yeah, needing to factor that in when when we get to the point where yeah. we're where we're sort of choosing the ultimate form that things are are going to take. I think definitely thinking about 
how to sort of leverage and maximize the digital the digital space will definitely be part of that. And yeah, and it's hard, especially for like multimedia artists and people who work in large 3D spaces or in performance, like those things can be really hard to, to communicate effectively digitally, um, at, particularly on the online space. So yeah, that's definitely something that, um, that, that, that'll probably be its own like process of experimentation <laughs> and translation again of like translating a process and things that are 3D and multimedia into this sort of like screen space. I kind of like uh, see probably or maybe <clears throat> probably audio piece that assembled or somewhat, you know, using the audio journal as a contents and then edited these as audio work, I guess that can be possible, one of the possibilities. And then also can be that's going along with artist, you know, artist book, you know, can be the audio, <clears throat> you know, audio recording or separate work or can be audio and also visual artist book going but uh, who knows we may just you know change but so far so far like we're kind of like can be that can be but we don't want to close other possibilities so you know definitely. yeah definitely. you know right now we're in very much a a learning um process learning about each other learning um, I think that's the one interesting thing also about this collaboration is that we didn't know each other before the residency. We really started to get to know one another midway through the residency. Many people who collaborate have a, you know, a basic level of understanding of who the other person is, how they may work, and, you know, the, the sort of trust in, oh, we'll get to that end result. And so, I think we have that at this point, but it also through this experimentation that we are doing allows us to really build that. I mean, we are definitely building a, a very strong foundation for not only this collaboration and what that might become, but you know, being able to trust someone and be like, okay, I will follow you into a void. <laughs> whatever that might be <laughs> totally trust you because I respect you as an artist and as a person and here we go you know um, allows you to open up to those other questions and and things so at this point I mean it's not ideal for for your institution because you kind of would like to know what you're showing <laughs> a little bit yeah <laughs> um Trust us, no. <laughs> but I think, I think, uh, you know, it, it would be so wonderful for us to somehow show this process and maybe that will be in there. Um, with any exhibition, there is this process that happens, but most viewers just get that end result, right? And, um, and so we're going to get there. I mean, we've already done a lot of work we could very easily be like, here it is, you know, because these pieces are pretty interesting. But I think the fact that we really want to put in more work to really build this and, and make it something that can 
not only function in a virtual gallery. So, you know, Mamie was saying audio, a visual, there may be video, there may be that other aspect because, uh, because we can. None of us are tied down to a medium. So I, f I feel like that opens up a lot of possibilities, maybe too many possibilities for us, but it opens up a lot. So I, um, I, I wish we could really be like, yes, this is what you're getting. Here it is. Um, and, you know, but I, I have so much confidence in just the amount of work we've already done. I mean, there's, there's a lot of work that we've already done for this. And it's really pretty, pretty substantial that I'm like, wow, we can really push this into something quite, quite interesting. Um, and again, brings up more questions and it's very exciting. Visit nicklackgallery.org, that's N-C-L-A-C gallery.org, to view the 2021 North Louisiana Virtual Residency Exhibition, on display from February 1st through March 26, 2022. You can explore the results of SEM Collective's experimental processes on the site. The RLCF Retrospective Podcast is a project of the Ross Lynn Charitable Foundation and is produced in downtown Ruston, Louisiana. The background music is by Ross Lynn himself. To learn more about the Rosslyn Foundation and how to support our work, you can visit us online at www.rosslynfoundation.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening to RLCF Retrospective. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. See you next time.